right, welcome to week 121 of the Two Guys Into Friday's podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. There is a, a blizzard outside of our windows, Steve. I guess not a, a, the remnants of a blizzard. I don't even know if I would call it the remnants of a blizzard, really. Well, I mean, there's not an active blizzard going. I wouldn't say there was a blizzard yesterday. We got four inches of snow. That's, that's not, a lot for that's us. That's not a blizzard. For us, it's a, it's a, for, it's a lot. It snowed yesterday. Um, the entire interstate is shut down. The entire interstate is shut down, like 50 miles of cars or something, I heard. Stuck on the interstate. for Well, as of this morning, they were on there for 15 hours, like just saw, sitting in their car. I saw 18 at one point. So. Yeah, I'm sure it's 18 by now. Like when I woke up, it was 15. So, I mean, that's crazy. That was our, our, our state congressman who was one of those people. Oh, was in the car, in a car? Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess. But you're going to Mexico. It's going to be nice and warm. Hopefully. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. Um, but hey, we're a TGIF podcast. We go back. We TGIF. talk about shows that aired 30 years ago. And um, before we get into it, let's talk about a couple things. Uh, one, thanks, Eugene, for the theme song this week. Awesome, Eugene. Thank you. Two and three and four. Uh, make sure you are following us on all social media at TGIFCast. Shoot us emails, TGIFCast at gmail.com. And go on YouTube and subscribe, like, comment, do all that stuff. Just search Two Guys in the Fridays. It's really easy to find. And tell your friends about us. And your coworkers, people you don't like, tell them to. Uh, anybody, really. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things we'd like to do, uh, before we get into the episodes is see what was going on in the world 30 years ago. And these episodes would have aired when, Travis? Uh, these episodes would have aired January 10th, 1992. Okay. So that week leading up to that, uh, a couple things, uh, one January the 6th, uh, the U S government urged doctors to stop using silicon breast implants, which, uh, pretty sure they still use today. No, I think they use saline now. Is that true? I don't think it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm not like. I think they use both. I don't think they banned silicone, though. I don't think. I don't think they banned it, but I think it's. I think it's very. I think it's very rare that you see silicone as opposed to saline. Okay. Um. I tried to do some Wikipedia, but there's so much stuff about like the safety and stuff. They changed. Uh, yeah. They changed things like a lot, but uh, yeah. I mean, someone realized that probably wasn't a good idea to put silicone in your chest. And uh, yeah, that happened. And that happened. Uh, on the 7th, uh, AT&T releases uh, its first video phone. How much? In 1992? In 92. What do you think they were selling it for? 1200 1499 I mean, it's not that crazy, I guess, right? No, I mean, that was high tech back then. That's what my cell phone cost, pretty much. Yeah, but your cell phone has a much better camera. It can do a lot more. That's true. And then on uh, January 8th, I didn't look up a video of this. I'm sure there's a video of this somewhere. But uh, George H.W. Bush got ill and vomited vomited on uh, the Japanese prime minister's lap. Oh, yeah. This is big. You remember that? Famous. Uh, I mean, I don't remember it like I was there. But yeah, I remember. But you know, like a... the video, like, yeah. could you picture it in your head? No, no, no. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you a video, but I know this as a like event that happened at this time. It seems like uh, pretty embarrassing. And also probably uh, that Japanese prime minister was probably pretty pissed off. I, I bet you he wasn't as mad as you would think. No, I'd be pretty mad I... if anyone vomited in my chest. Or not in my if they chest, didn't mean on to? my lap. If, 
if they were sick and they didn't re- they didn't mean to do it you would you wouldn't be like there's a lot of day. other directions you can turn i feel like like straightforward would have been a choice in your own lap a, would have been a choice um we need to work on your empathy Steve. just swallowing it would have been a choice uh the person we to need, the right of you might have been a choice behind you might have been a choice we should work on your empathy you gotta uh. you gotta hopefully feel you know feel a little bit feel a little bit bad for these guys remember that time i had a appendicitis and we were at a restaurant and you were calling me a pussy pretty much I didn't call you that. I never would call you In your you head, that. you did. I, I, a whiner, maybe. We need to work on your empathy a little, Travis. We also didn't know you had appendicitis. And once we found out we had, you had appendicitis, we felt bad and not, and not that you were a whiner anymore. All right. Work on your empathy a little bit. And certainly 30 years later, we didn't look back and say, man, that was, that was the wrong decision. Shouldn't have been whining about that appendicitis, Steve. Should have, uh, <laughs> Take it a little more serious. Hey, so uh, what was going on movies and music this week? Nothing, not a single no. thing. Well, no I changes. mean, there were movies and music, just the same. Number thing, one just movie is still Hook, and number one song is still Black and Send Black or White. Hook, Black or Black or White. Michael Jackson still number one song. That's right. it. No birthdays. So really, really a slow start to the year for the movies, music, and birthdays. But new movie next week. All right. I don't know about birthdays. I don't really look birthdays that far in advance, but. Uh, yeah, we got changes coming. Fair enough. Um, so this week was uh, pretty much a rerun week for TGIF. Only one new episode, which was Family Matters. So we're going to get into that. And we're also going to get into uh, another episode of Dinosaurs to catch up. So when it comes back on TGIF, we are ready to go. Yeah, and we're, we're almost there. We're going to be 100% going to be caught up by the time that it kicks back off on uh, TGIF. So what do we have? Just that two-parter episode and then we're back? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just yeah. Two more episodes after this. It's a two-parter, and we're we're good. We're good to go. Cool. So let's get into it. This is Family Matters season three, episode fourteen. The name of the episode is a test of friendship. That's the one, right? Yeah. That's the one. Um. Mm-hmm. So it starts off. You've got your little intro clip with. Uh, at first, it's just Harriet, Judy, and Richie. But then Estelle comes into. They're getting ready to all go out ice skating, and they're trying to get uh, Carl to come along with them. Right. Yeah. And Carl's like, I worked a double shift. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to sleep on this couch, which I didn't really understand. Like, why not just go sleep in your bed if you know you're going to take a nap? Maybe but they don't maybe have a TV just... in the room. He didn't even, t- I don't even think he turned the TV on. He like straight went from like blankets, pillows. I'm, I'm taking a nap. Leave me alone. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I fall asleep on the couch, no TV on. And then like, I'm just ready for like when I wake back up, I don't have to move. I just turn it on, that kind of thing. But do you intentionally like go to the couch to sleep or? I, I definitely have. Sure. Okay. All right. Um. So yeah, they're trying to get Carl to go. Richie says like, uh, "You're right, Harriet. He is a lazy sack of potatoes." And then Carl's like <laughs> all mad, and Carl uh, uh, quickly falls asleep after the whole family leaves. I guess everyone ends up going. Yeah, everyone goes. He's asleep immediately. So then they kind of like jump ahead. I was thinking it could have been a dream sequence, but it was just kind of like showing that Carl yeah. had fallen asleep, and then this is what happens when he wakes up. All the furniture's gone, including the couch that he was sleeping on. The only thing that's left is the cushions that he was literally sleeping on. And maybe a blanket. Was it, did he have- I think there was maybe a lamp, like a stand-up lamp that was in the back or something. So everything's gone. We don't know what's going on. Um, the I think the rest of the family comes back in at the same point. That, that might have... No, 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 they don't. They do not. No, Urkel comes in at this point. No, family's and- there before Urkel. I don't even have the... I didn't even make a note that the family came back. Yeah, yeah. Time. So it was like almost the exact same time as Carl waking up. The family comes in. Um, that's when everyone's like, oh, the furniture's gone. And then um, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Carl gets up, 
starts freaking out. Rachel's like, ah, oh, we got to call the police. He's like, I am the police. And then um, they... <laughs> He's worried about being embarrassed. He's worried about... The, yeah, because the, they've made the decision at this point that they've been robbed. Uh, someone came yeah. into a house and just stole Obviously. all their furniture. Yeah. And uh, this is when Steve arrives and he's like, uh, the family's like kind of going all off into different rooms, seeing like what's been taken. And Steve comes in. He's like, oh, I know what you're doing. My parents tried this one once. You're, you guys are moving and you're not telling me. And that's kind of like the end of this intro th- scene. Yeah, that's the intro. So theme song. We come back. Now we've got um, a detective who's in there dusting for fingerprints. And this is what Carl didn't want. He didn't want the police involved because he just knows that he's going to get embarrassed. And uh, I mean, but he knew that this was going to happen. He just was trying to avoid it as long as possible. Yeah, and I mean, literally, it's the first thing that the detective's doing, um, making fun of him for sleeping while his house is being robbed. Murtaugh's in there, and uh, he's doing the same Give thing. Give him a hard time, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Carl's like, um, you know what, guys? You can make fun of me all you want. I'm going to find this furniture. I'm going to track down the robbers, and they will pay. And not only that, then all the other officers, or you guys are all going to admire me, and you will <laughs> never make fun of me again. Carl makes like a lifetime like this is a like solemn vow like as God is my witness I will find my furniture and you all will regret it. We'll see what happens. Uh, from here we go to uh, Eddie and Waldo. They're in the kitchen. Um, they're trying to study some chemistry, but uh, it looks like they're clueless at this point. Like they've got a big exam coming up, and there's no way they're going to get a good grade. But uh, Steve comes in and he's like, "Hey, I'll help you guys study." And Eddie's like, "Well." There's no way, even if you help me study, that I'm going to get a good grade on this test. I'm so far behind. I could study all night long. It's not going to matter. Why don't you help me cheat a little bit? Chemistry is so hard. And it's one of those ones that like you really have to just memorize a whole bunch of stuff to to do well. And you'll ne- that that is literally something you'll learn in high school that you will never use again in your life. Did you just take it in high school? No college chemistry? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I took like 101. I think I had to take 101. Um, but that's, I mean, it's still, you'll never use it again. You'll never use it in real life. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I can't think of a time I really use like specifics, like maybe like general ideas and stuff, but. Very general ideas. Um. So Steve's like, there's no way I'm going to help you cheat. I, I, it's not what's right. You need to you need to study. We will get a good grade. Waldo is appalled by uh, by Eddie trying to get. Steve he really is taken aback. He is the same Waldo that was selling liquor bottles out of his jacket yeah. two seasons ago. So Waldo just leaves the house, and then Steve's like, "Eddie, cheating's wrong." And Eddie's like, "Steve, you've got to do it. I mean, I have no other chance. I promise you, if you help me cheat this one time, I will never." ask for it again and eventually steve comes around and he's like all right this one time i'm gonna do it but you have to make a promise with me that uh after this test you're gonna study with me and we're gonna get you all caught up in chemistry yeah i'm surprised it i'm surprised article agreed to it but here we are yep so um then they kind of start making like a plan like how they're gonna get these answers to uh eddie during the test and steve is kind of the mastermind behind this has this idea we can do things in code. I can pretend I'm sick. I can like cough for A and sneeze for B and do all these different signals. Blow my nose, hiccup, pass you my iPod. And Eddie thinks it is genius. He's like, this is going to work. I'm going to get an A on this test. So regardless of what we're about to talk about, what actually happens, like this seems like a really difficult system to pull off. Like it, tying the things to the numbers, like 
real it seems like it's real easy to get get things out of order mixed up i don't know it seems it seems difficult to keep up with this this yeah and i would expect a a teacher to catch on really quick if you're going like (laughs) over and over when you when you do it like that yeah i i i think you could probably be a little bit smoother about it but i I think the, the real hard part is just figuring out like what number you're talking about yeah, I mean, you kind of have to just go through the entire test at that point. Like, if it's 50 questions, yeah. just go down the line, do all 50, 50 actions or something. 50s. Like, you can't right. be looking at Eddie for signals of what number you need help on and then sending him a, a cough back to get it done. Well, because A, you know he's going to, well, there's no A. There's just the only, is you know that he is going to need help with every single question. Yeah. Um, so that's where we go to now, I think, right? We're at, at school. It is. Yep. Um, at first, I thought Steve was pretending to have like a cold or something like so i couldn't tell they they do a kind of a good job of making you go both ways on this but i agree it was it was a little bit it it was tricky i think on purpose yeah i was like all right well steve's gonna walk into class pretending that he has a cold and the teacher's not gonna realize he's giving all these answers so that's where i was at the teacher comes in uh he kind of goes over the rules of test taking and stuff like that and then um they begin the test and Steve like completely crushes the whole thing. Like he finishes his entire test in like 20 seconds. Right. Because he's a genius. Um, so then Eddie and Steve begin to cheat. And this is where we know for sure that Steve actually has a cold at this point too. Right. And you can kind of see that Steve is kind of, in a lot of ways forgotten about the, uh, the fact that he was supposed to help Steve or Eddie because Eddie has to like prompt him and say, all right, I need your help now. Yeah. Cause Eddie's kind of sitting in front of Steve, like over one road to the left. So, Every once in a while, you'll see Eddie, like, turn around and, like, give, like, a finger of, like, what number he needs help on. And, like, while he's doing this, Steve's coughing and sneezing and burping, I think, and hiccuping and everything that he's supposed to be using for these codes are actually coming out for real because he's got a cold now. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, it's not working. And he he tries to tell, real quick, he tries to tell Eddie this kind of before the test even starts, but can't get it out because the teachers, I think teachers cutting him off, Eddie's cutting him off. Basically, nobody will give him a chance to let Eddie know what's up. Yeah, so it's not working, and Eddie ends up passing uh, Steve Urkel a note. And I don't remember exactly what the note says, but pretty much he wants Steve to just write down the answers and pass it back to him, right? Right. And uh, as he's doing this, uh, teacher comes around, sees that Steve has something under his paper, grabs it from Steve, realizes that it is the uh, answers to this test, and he knows that he is helping. Now the teacher knows that Steve is helping someone cheat on this test. Right, but no, he doesn't know who, and, and Steve won't give him up. Yep, and uh, the teacher ends up actually sending Steve to the principal's office, and um, he kind of tells him, like, you better have a good reason or some, or you could get expelled for this, I think he says. Expelled, not suspended, not detention, but straight up expelled. Yeah, and Eddie says absolutely nothing during this whole nothing. thing. Let's not Steve thing. go to the principal's office and does not take any of the blame on himself. No, not at all. Uh, you ever cheat in school, ever? Of course. Ever get caught? Of course. What, what happened to you? Did you get expelled? Uh, no, it was, I did get expelled. I think, I think it was like a week of in-school suspension or after school suspension. I think it was, at, it was either in-school suspension. No, what well, grade? Suspension. Junior, senior in, in high school. Yeah. Mine was junior in high school as well. Got caught, uh, 
completely copied a paper off the internet. Like it was the night before and I was like, well, I have two choices. I have the choice of turning in nothing or the choice of turning in this and hoping that it passes by and it did not pass by. Got a zero on it and got sent to the, uh, what was, what did they call it? The honor, not society. It was like, like board. Yeah. Something like that. I had to like tell them what happened. Pretty much. They just gave me a zero on it. Like how did they get caught? How did it get caught? Like how did your teacher figure out that it was a, that you got because it was a good paper. That's not and coming. They, like, that wasn't coming. They out just of like me. searched it. I guess. Yeah, but it was 1998. Yeah. Like, how do they? Like, technology. You couldn't. I think technology was different back then. It's not like it is now, where they have programs that find that out. I think it was pretty obvious that I didn't okay. write this paper. I was in a computer programming class, and I just got. We got to the point where it was. I wasn't keeping up, and my partner, she she had gotten, she had gotten her program from somebody. Basically, it was circulating throughout the entire class. However, I I screwed up big time and forgot to change some of the like indicators that I uh-huh. that it was somebody else's. Obviously, teacher caught that. So not only did I get in trouble, but my partner got in trouble, uh. and it, I felt horrible, horrible because, I mean, I would have taken it for myself, but I hated that I had to bring her into it. So. I feel like we've been talking about uh, cheating in school the last couple episodes, and I just remembered <laughs> another one that's one of my favorite ones. I don't know if I've ever told you this one or not, but um. My uh, computer science teacher was also my math teacher. She taught both of them. Uh-huh. And uh, every day she was usually, I don't know, like a minute or two after the bell rang is when she would actually get to the class and the, she would, the door would just be locked and uh, everyone just waited outside in the hallway for her to come. So we, being me and like maybe one or two other people, would pick the door, like credit card swipe down the side, like open the door, unlock it, go inside, get the test answers off her desk, write them all down, pass them out to the entire class, and then take the test like that. Almost every math test. Never got caught. That's high risk. Never got caught. Wow. This is also also the same teacher and class where we had, there was one day, I can remember the two kids that went onto her computer when she was out of the room and changed grades in the computer system. And she was the computer science teacher. Things were different back then, though. Like, it, like cybersecurity was not a real thing back then. Uh, that that's that's some bold, like Mission Impossible style cheating right there. Yeah, this is also the same year that uh, Cisco's "The Thong Song" came out, and uh, half of the <laughs> class was watching it on the internet on their on their TI eighty three computer calculator. We had computers. It was the math slash computer I'm, lab. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, so cheating, Urkel. Where are we? So going to the commercial office, break. We're right? back from the commercial. Yep. Back at the house. We're now at the Winslows. Um, yeah. Carl gets home. Um, Harriet's kind of like sitting on some lawn furniture, I think, in the living room, and she's mad. She wants her furniture back. She's tired sure. of Carl trying to be detective and trying to find these people. She wants furniture. And uh, Carl is still upset with himself that he is unable to figure this out right now. Right, right. So then we cut over to the kitchen where Eddie, Laura, and Steve have just walked in. And uh, Laura is pretty upfront with Eddie. She wants him to confess what he did because it is not right that Steve Urkel is taking all of the blame for this. And Eddie is getting into no trouble at all. And Eddie agrees that tomorrow he's going to go and he's going to tell the truth. Yeah, she really gives it to him hard, which I appreciate. Like somebody needed to get him straight, and she doesn't. She does it. She gets. She gets him there. Yeah, and and I remember Urkel was like, "Oh, Laura, I love you so much." During this <laughs> of course, scene. of course. All right, so then we go um, outside, and it's weird because this casting was awkward on this. I thought. 
I oh, thought I it was actually Murtaugh and the detective from earlier in the episode. And not, yeah, yeah, yeah. not I, to Robert. I, I was like, oh, this is yeah, going to be so like a I, joke I hear, the whole time. Saying. Like, this is just well, going to be them. Like, because they're in like winter gear. And like, um, yeah. it looks like the two of them. Like, it's not that. Do, they don't look that far off. You're right. No, no. I had the same thought that I thought it was a couple cops that were that were we're going back to like prank him or we're doing it the whole time. I, I, I was, I understood a hundred percent. But no, obviously these, this is the two yeah. robbers. Uh, we find out that robbed the house earlier in the episode and they have come back because they want to humiliate Carl Winslow because I guess they, he caught them maybe robbing something earlier. So one of the guys, what they, what they set up is that one of the guys was arrested by Carl, yeah. I guess assume years ago. And, that, yeah. and that's why he's trying to, you know, get revenge. So did you also kind of get the home alone vibe here too? Uh, I guess a little bit. I mean, I can see that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stretch that too two, far. Two but robbers I mean, were, robbing a house rob- using yeah. like, um, like, I mean, like the wet bandits use the water. These guys, well, that was like a call, call sign or whatever, but these that guys calling card. This, yeah, these guys um, are using instead. They're using gas. Was it like a fire extinguisher? Now I'm thinking about it. Or no, it was just a can- gas can. Just a can of gas. They are. The idea is that they can um, take the gas, shoot it through the uh, mail slot on the door, make Carl right. fall asleep, which is, I guess, what happened. Had to have been the first. Because the time? big question, the, the the big question when you first see this is like, how did he sleep through? them stealing the couch out from under him and all the furniture. But this explains it. They so they, they gassed. Gas. He was already out, and I guess they gassed him to keep him out more the first well, time. Well, to put him in a deeper sleep so that they could really take everything before without waking him up. Yeah. So um, Eddie and Steve um, come in at this point. Carl's trying to – I think he's trying to fall asleep. Or is he just sitting in there? No, no. He's just sitting there. He's just he's hanging just, out. I think reading room. the newspaper or something, yeah. So Eddie and Steve come in, and um, Eddie is – there to confess to his dad he's like dad um i did something bad at school i'm going to get in trouble for it i want you to know before anything comes out and like as he's trying to tell him this carl's yawning um i think steve and eddie start to yawn and it seems like that this gas is kicking in real quick and we're about to have uh three knocked out guys in the living room and these robbers are going to come back in and steal anything else they have yep Yep, that's exactly what's gonna happen. So, um, yeah, Eddie successfully tells his dad what happened, um, that he cheated. Carl's getting mad, but he's also so sleepy, he can't really take it out on Eddie. And then yeah, eventually- he's getting, when you say he's getting mad, he's like, that's not, that's a bad thing, what? that's really you bad. Because you, we all know how Carl gets when he gets upset, and, and this is not, this is not that. Yep, and then uh, eventually, Steve, Eddie, and Carl all collapse in the living room. And as they do this, you expect the robbers to run in and take all of the stuff. They do run in, but only because they are being chased by Harriet, Estelle, and Rachel with shovels into the house for some reason. And uh, well, because it was snowing outside, that's why they had the shovels. Well, I'm just saying, why they chase them in the house? Why these guys not like run like back to their car or something? But uh. Yep, they chase him. Uh, we realize that uh, they have been caught. Um, Carl wakes up. Wait, does he wake up right here? Like while they're still? Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. Yeah, as soon as I open the door, basically, the idea, I think, is that the air freshens up and he he immediately like perks back up. Wakes back up, immediately grounds Eddie for cheating, <laughs> falls back asleep, and then uh, the women continue to chase the robbers some more through the house. That's how they catch him. 
So then we go, I don't know, a little later, a few days, something like that, probably. Yeah. Um, Steve and Eddie are coming in. They're practicing uh, memorizing the periodic table. We find out that they are both suspended right now. And the teacher says they can't return to school until they've memorized the entire periodic table. That's a lot. That's um, a lot. And then I guess they were carrying in some furniture at this point, too. They're followed behind by Rachel and Harriet, who are together carrying in like a big recliner chair that was in the living mm-hmm. room. The same one that I guess got stolen, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the assumption. And then uh, Carl is right behind them with only holding a small lamp. <laughs> Um, and telling Rachel and Harriet where to put the chair. And then he's like, whoa, that looked heavy. And then uh, the girls end up chasing him off like they chased the robbers at the end of the episode. That's it. That's it. That's Family Matters. Uh... The only thing I want to mention here is that the teacher is actually played by a guy, Patrick Cronin, and he was Dick Marshall in Going Places, which I thought was on more episodes because I think they mentioned him a lot, but he is uh, the boss? boss. He was the boss of the whole network. So you actually only see him in one episode. It's the oh, episode wow. where oh, he's, I, I can never get them right anymore. And I honestly can't even remember the one Charlie. guy's name. But Charlie and Jack, one of them, I think it's Jack, gets like the head writer position and turns into like a, everyone's boss and is a jerk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually the only episode that he was on. Dick Marshall was on. But, you know, I think they talk about him. Yeah, right now I think then. they do, too. All right. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the dinosaurs episode we watched this week to catch up. Um Technically, it's season two, episode 18. The name of the episode is The Last Temptation of Ethel. Um, and then after the theme song, it starts off with uh, Fran and the baby. And it looks like they're dressed for the beach. They've got like beach balls and I think like towels and bathing suits, stuff like that. Um, Ethel is watching TV and Fran makes a comment like on how she should do more stuff instead of just watching the grass grow. And they show the TV and it is literally <laughs> a television show of watching grass grow. The Professional Grass Growing Association Open. So Fran says, all right, we're going to the swamp. I guess that's where dinosaurs go. That's their beach. They go to the swamp. Yeah, they got water. It's got, you know, things. She makes some comments about like, oh, we can lay out on rocks while the baby plays in the sludge or something like that. And then uh, Charlene comes in and Fran wants her to do something with her grandma. Like they're just trying to get grandma to do anything at this point rather than just sit there and watch TV in her wheelchair. The woman's like 80 years old. Let her do whatever she wants to do, which might just be her watching the grass grow. So Ethel comments that she doesn't want to do anything. And uh, then we go over to the living room where Earl and Roy are watching TV. They're wa- they're getting ready to watch hockey, right? They are. Yeah, I do like there's a comment here that Ethel makes that I, I do want to. OK, do want to point out. She says she's going to she doesn't want to do anything. And if she runs out of things to do, she'll just die. That's yeah. what she says. And then you cut to the den, and, and yeah, Roy and Earl are watching hockey. Um, Fran, before her way to the swamp, asks Earl to uh, at least check on Ethel every once in a while and say some nice things to her while you're in there, while she's gone. Right. So Fran leaves. Uh, the hockey game begins on TV, and very quickly after it begins, uh, the ice break. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Don't, say it. Don't, don't say it yet. Don't say it yet, because I want to tell you, what, I think what happened to this hockey game is pretty funny, okay. so I think it's worth mentioning. One of the teams is a team of brontosauruses, and as soon as they come out of the ice, they fall through the ice, they all die. And then there's the whole commentary about them like coming to get the, like save the brontosauruses. Not when I say save, I mean like pull their dead bodies out of the, the ice pit. Um, it's, it's pretty funny commentary going on in the background. Yeah. So uh, Ethel is in the kitchen. They cut to her mm-hmm. um, and it appears that she dies in the uh, kitchen. Right there. 
Yep. So Ethel's dead. Um, Earl says he needs like a snack or something. So he ends up going into the kitchen. He says something nice to Ethel as he walks by her. Doesn't even realize she's dead. Grabs something out of the fridge. Walks back out. uh, Says another like comment to her on the way out. And literally didn't realize anything was wrong with her the entire time he was in the kitchen. Until he gets back to the den and then realizes that she didn't say anything to him at all, as opposed to where she normally is making fun of him, giving a hard time, calling him fat, lazy, whatever. And then he realizes that something is wrong. Yep. So uh, they go back in the kitchen and then you see Ethel's like spirit ghost, like lift out of her body, um, hover above them, like making comments about uh, Earl and stuff being dead and uh they they obviously don't see this it's just kind of like the ghost above them kind of thing but uh right yeah she's dead and uh that's where her spirit eventually goes up and now she is i guess riding her wheelchair through the pearly gates yeah she goes through this like hallway that's like all rainbow and there's a light at the end of the tunnel obviously so she's going through this rainbow tunnel to the light and like you said she ends up at the pearly gates basically looks like a front desk of a hotel with a dinosaur there to, to kind of check her in uh, and get her set up. Yeah, uh, and he's got like angel wings on and uh, ends up uh, giving her a tour of all yeah. of, I guess this is supposed to be, this is supposed to be like the afterlife is what they call it. It's like they la- call it the later on we find out like she's the one that discovered this, I think. Well, I think this is the first experience of a dinosaur going to the afterlife, but then, also then coming back. Sure. Um, you got to remember up until Ethel, the the tradition was that when you hit what was it seventy two you were tossed into the pit and and you just and you die. Is that all dinosaurs or just uh, mother in laws? I think it was all. I think it was all dinosaurs. Every dinosaur when they hit seventy two, the they're they're hurled off. Yeah, they're hurled into the pit because her husband was hurled into the pit. Okay, yeah. So she's the oldest living dinosaur ever, I guess, right? In, in theory, sure. Yeah. Except so, for probably the elders. It seems like the elders get away with a lot. So they there's probably some older elders that were like, I'm not doing that whole hurling thing. So then we get to a scene. Um, I think we're in the backyard now, right? We are. Mm-hmm. And Earl and Roy have, or no, do they show them yeah. burying her? They show her them like finishing up. Coming like, back show, from burying her, right? Right, right. They've got like the shovels in their hands and they talk about how they just finished burying her. Yep. So they have buried Ethel in the backyard. Um, we then go to a scene where we're back in the afterlife. Um, this angel dinosaur has finished Ethel's tour And uh, she does have a request here that she wants to see her husband. But uh, when this hotel clerk, Angel Dinosaur, goes through his book, he realizes that she doesn't actually have a reservation to even be there. He says there was a mistake and uh, she's not actually dead. Yeah, he says he says actually that she was not expected for a while. So she's way ahead of schedule. Yep. So then we go um, back down. We also find out he actually says that you're not dead. You're near dead and you should wake up any minute now. Uh, Fran and baby get home. Uh, Earl and Roy tell Fran very happily that they buried (laughs) Ethel. And Fran is like, "Um, well, what did the doctor say? How do you know she died? Did you check her pulse? And he's like, well, uh, nope, nope. And no. Yeah. About that. Um, So, at this point, too, uh, the back door flings open. Ethel covered in, like, dirt and plants Moss. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Busts through the door. She's not dead. She has crawled out of her grave, which we find out at some point in this episode was 15 feet down. Dug, dug with her. She says, I, it was hard to dig with my head. We find this out later. But she dug with her hands, no feet, dragging her wheelchair and her teeth. 
Um, so skip ahead a little bit. We're in the kitchen. Um, Fran not talking to Earl at all. She's um, pissed. He got her like a, a a card, like a card trying to apologize for what he did. And it was actually very specific like, card. Yeah, a very specific pre-made card, not one that he wrote that pretty much says like "Sorry for bi- burying your your mom." And he's like, "Well, this thing must happen all the time." Right. Obviously, if they have a card, it happens. It happens frequently. Yep. So um, he's still trying to apologize. Um, she's still furious, and they show in the living room. Um, Ethel is now telling the kids a story about the afterlife and what it was like, and this is where she tells about digging out of the grave, and then right. uh, the doorbell rings. Um, they answer it, and it is the host of the of the TV show Mysteries That Haven't Been Solved Yet. And uh, it's a sh- they're all very familiar with them. They like the show. They know the host. And uh, this is unsolved mysteries in dinosaur yeah. dinosaur town. They're excited he's there, and uh, he says that uh, they need a new mystery because the four that they have that they just repeat over and over again, uh, one of them has been solved, and now they need a new one. And it is going to be life after death, and they want Ethel on the show. I want to go back and watch like some old unsolved mysteries and see if any of them have been solved it's like oh yeah i'm sure some have right yeah but they were all no i feel like they were all so so non-solvable aliens bigfoot Bigfoot, yeah like go like stuff you you can't lock that's a monster yeah i bet you did like nothing in the in the like cryptozoological world has changed since 1990 they didn't have like like uh like murderers that were never called on unsolved mysteries I think that those were, there was another show, wasn't the America's Most, America's Wanted. Most Wanted and things like that were more of the. So Unsolved Mystery was just like tales and like myths. I'm and not going like to commit that. to that at all because I can't remember. They're, they very well could have had like serial killers and murders on there too. But I, I, I remember it being more of like, you know, sci-fi, cryptozoological, that kind of thing. Yeah, maybe I'll go watch Bermuda Triangle, things like that. I guess uh, I saw the Bermuda Triangle. They figured that out. What is it? Nothing. There is something to do with like the currents and the and the and the and the winds that would blow ships into you know. Were there a whole bunch of ships like underneath, like right there that they found? Or? No, no. I think it would like blow them out into the out into the into the ocean and like capsize them so that they would just hmm. disappear. Such I don't know, man. But they they solved they solved the Bermuda Triangle. All right. So now we go um, to the TV, like actually like what's on TV and it is Ethel and she's telling the story on this uh, Unsolved Mysteries show about the uh, time she died and came back to life, right? Yeah. And she's Basically telling, she's telling, her, telling the audience everything that she saw while they were she was on the tour. And um, there's even like reenactment scenes of uh, Earl and Roy like burying her and <laughs> burying stuff. Her. And it's like two little yeah. dinosaurs that look nothing like them. It's pretty funny. And funny. Uh, she's just telling how stories about like how great it is in the afterlife and how there's everything up there you could ever All want. All the amenities. How she can't wait to go back. Um, then they go like uh, to a shot where they're actually at the TV studio now. Um, they finish up this episode of the show and uh, the host thanks Ethel and then another dinosaur comes in and starts talking to her about wanting to use her and this uh, afterlife that she has discovered to make money. He basically pitches her, let's start religion. Like, let's start the whole idea of religion. We will we will make people 
so want to go to this afterlife place. The afterlife, that they'll do whatever we tell them to do in this life to ensure they get to the afterlife. Including pay us ridiculous amounts of money for things that we can't really promise them, but we will. Yeah, like buy your house now in, in the afterlife, which is a lot like uh, what's going on now with, with like digital real estate. Like buy your house in the metaverse now and it'll be there when the metaverse happens. So then we go to this actual new show that Ethel's on, the Afterlife show, and the afterlife um, show. it's kind of like a mix of like a Sunday morning church show and like a late yeah. night TV show, like kind of combined. Sure, yeah, that's fair. And um, they've got they start off with the uh, Thousand Voice Choir, which is pretty funny. And I think that that's a reference to something like one of those Sunday morning religious shows from back in the day. Oh, I just figured it was like any big church choir that was just kind of ridiculous. I think there's a spe- that's a specific. Re- I don't know which what it is, but I think that there's a specific reference. Did you there. look closely at, at like the members of the choir at all? I, I didn't know. It's literally like five dinosaurs and it's just repeated over and over again. Like you can actually like <laughs> see the exact same dinosaurs in the same order over and over again. What's because they just use the same costumes over and over. Oh sure, yeah. Um, so the uh, this is where we're talking about like the show um, is trying to sell like afterlife timeshares, and then as all this is going on, Ethel actually dies on TV while this show is being produced. Right. So Fran, they go, they cut to uh, the Sinclair's house. They're actually have they've been watching this the whole time. Fran sees Ethel die on TV, and then she rushes out of the house to go check on her mom. Well, and they, but she also makes a comment before Ethel dies that she's like, this is not good. This is, this is going to give people like, just, this is not going to, it's going to have a bad effect on people. Kind of preempting the idea that religion's probably going to get and cause some, cause some issues throughout history. So. Oh, I also like to, I also want to know here. I always like how Fran is just ready to go to the TV studio. Like whenever she sees something on TV, that's not like to her liking, she's like, I'm getting in the car and I'm going. And she's there like five minutes. Yeah, so um, the show goes off the air. Um, they go back to Ethel once again, arriving in the afterlife, and um, now she actually gets to talk to her husband, who kind of like appears in like a little like thought bubble almost above her head, right? Yeah, Louis is her husband. Louis is played by Buddy Hackett, and Buddy Hackett, if you don't know, is one of the the most legendary stand up comics from like the fifties, sixties uh, era of stand up comics. So she does get to talk to him, and uh, I think her husband actually tells her that she's not dead yet once again, right? Well, right. He tells her she's not dead, that they just had to bring her here to have a conversation with her, and they and that they thought that Louis, her husband, would be the most appropriate person to kind of convey this message to her. Yeah, and he tells her, look, your life's not over. You need to go back down. You need to live your life to the fullest, and uh, don't rush it. When it's your time, it'll be your time, and then you can come back. And stop trying to like push the afterlife on people and and try to make a make profit off of it. Yeah, because uh, people who do bad things could go to another place, and then he ends up opening <laughs> a door which represents like hell, and it is just right. like seven earls sitting on a couch or like in the living room, like just around annoying her and telling her like what to do and stuff like that. So yeah. she's like, nope, don't want that. We go back down to the Sinclair's house. Ethel wakes back up. Um, ends up, I don't remember what led to this, but knocking out Earl with a shovel and um, her saying that she's going to go bury Earl now. Well, because he was ready to bury her again. So she takes the shovel from him, knocks him out, and says she's going to bury him. Yep. 
Um, she, he kind of like wakes back up. She hits him once again with the shovel. And I think, uh, baby like chimes in, does one of those like again, again, not the mama or something right, like right. that. And then right. that's the end of the episode. That's it. Pretty good one. I liked it. Well, right. It was good, but she also makes a comment too, that she's like, she's done with the afterlife show. She wants to focus on life and enjoying life while she still has it. And she's still in, in the, I'm gonna say the real world or whatever you want to call it. So the other thing about this, I don't know who Lucius is. Lucius was a credited character, one of the dinosaurs. I'm assuming it is the the guy it's who, either that the, gives the tour, probably. Either the guy that gives the tour or the guy that convinces her to do the afterlife show. Um, played by John Glover. John Glover oh. was you probably remember Steve, the guy that grabbed my beard at GalaxyCon and kind of kind of made me a little pissed off and then said he didn't remember being on the dinosaurs at all. So um, never really followed up with him for an interview because didn't have a lot to offer. But uh, he was also the the main like I don't I don't know if villains the right word but like the guy who owned the corporation in Gremlins two whose building they were oh, yeah, they were stuck yeah, in yeah. the whole time. Um, that was his whole he was that guy in, in Gremlins two. So so yeah, that's it for this week. Like we said, we're just doing two this week. Uh, what do we have coming up next week on the show though? So next week is also a partial week. But again, on the opposite direction. So rerun of Family Matters. So we won't be watching Family Matters. Uh, Step by Step, Season 1, Episode 15. Baby Talk, Season 2, Episode 13. And Perfect Strangers, Season 7, Episode 14, which is the last Perfect Strangers that was on TGIF. And then can we wait to watch the next two dinosaurs? Will we have time? We have time before they before okay. it starts. Yeah, well, there's actually the week before Dinosaurs premieres back on TGIF. We have all reruns, so that would probably be a good week to perfect. Just watch those two, um, and we've got kind of light weeks leading up to that anyway. So we'll, we'll, we'll make time. Other good news though is I went through the 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 episodes of Billy that I have, the mm-hmm. show that's coming up in a few weeks, and we have all seven episodes that aired on TGIF. So we'll be able to talk about all of the episodes of Billy that that were part of TGIF. Very cool. And um, very cool. What was your uh, favorite episode this week? You like the dinosaurs or the Family Matters better? They were both good. I, I if I had to pick one, I'd probably say dinosaurs. But yeah, I, I'm going I dinosaurs they both, too. They were both good episodes. So. Um, yeah. So make sure you check it out next week. Um, thanks once again to Eugene for the theme song. Eugene, thank follow you, Eugene. Us, follow us on all social media. TGIF Cast emails tgifcast at gmail.com and go subscribe on YouTube. Two guys into Fridays. Yeah, and stay safe in the blizzard conditions, Steve, and stay safe. Hopefully you make it to Mexico so you don't have to worry about the snow anymore. I mean, it's going to be gone in like a day, right? This, uh, maybe maybe, maybe not days. in your little <laughs> area Things, back there. Yeah. I'm gonna, I, I don't think, I don't think the plow's me. coming through there, are they? You guys, have, no, you guys no. have a tractor, right? We do, but we can't plow the, you can't plow no, the snow on the can't road. Plow just gravel. The road. Uh. Yeah, it'll just tear up the road. Well, good luck. So. At least you have power, right? Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good thing. That's a plus. Yeah, we need that. So cool, man. Well, have a good week. You got it, dude. TBA podcast.